Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've been waiting for, a podcast for podcasters. This is Creating the Greatest Show, and I'm your host, Casey Cheshire. Join me as we interview podcast hosts and investigate the ingredients of a successful interview podcast. We'll talk mistakes, earned skills, powerful questions, and more. This show is sponsored by Ringmaster, completely done for you, B2B podcast production. There it is, the long-awaited episode, the episode that has had to been rescheduled, and we won't name any names. It's clearly my fault, but we are here now, and I am so excited to interview today's guest. And you know what? This is a guy that I've known for quite a bit now, but even prepping for the interview, prepping for the introduction itself, I learned some things about this guy, and it's like, holy crap, there's so much to dive into. And it's like, do we talk podcast? Do we talk about this guest? I don't know, but let me tell you about him. He is an entrepreneur, a leader, and a thought leader in the financial management space. He is a, a sought-after coach, fractional CFO, um, thought leader in the accounting world, all the things money, running a business. People seek this guy out. Former president of the Washington, D.C. chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization, author of The Turnaround, which I didn't know about, which I'm definitely going to go purchase, host of the Impactful Leadership Show, seven times Ironman, managing partner at Blackburn Capital Advisors, Greg McDonough. Welcome to the show, sir. Wow, Casey. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for having me. Man, I didn't know you did all that stuff. How do you do that <laughs> and do a podcast? Yeah. I've got a great team behind me. <laughs> I guess so. Awesome, man. Well, let me get right to it, right? Let me just dive into this question. I can't wait to learn from you. We were both passionate about podcasting. So Greg, pull back the curtain for us on your show and share your most important strategy for a great interview podcast. Yeah, Casey, that's a, a, an awesome question. And it, I think my answer has changed over time and it's changed over my experience of being a podcaster. You know, A year ago, we were just getting this thing started and now, you know, 50 episodes later, we're, we're swinging for the fences. And I think yeah. compiling all that, it really comes down to listening and avoiding the temptation to finish somebody's sentence, to anticipate what they're going to say, to derail their thoughts, you know, listening and that, that, that powerful few seconds of, of silence. It's amazing how, you don't even have to ask the next next question if you just shut your mouth and let them go. Um, and, but it's hard. It's super hard to not sit there and go, oh, well, and, 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 and. Um, so, you know, back to the strategy, right? It's listening and, and picking up on on sort of the unsaid words, right? Where, do, where are they really going with the comments they're making? And then when you think they're finished, just taking that breath and letting them continue on. How meta is this, right? We get to do a podcast about podcasting, <laughs> about listening. And then my, my immediate thought was, oh my gosh, don't interrupt the guy while he's talking <laughs> about not interrupting. What a powerful thing. So you learned this over time? Had, had initially, was it there a different focus? H how have you learned this over time? It really, it's, it's trial and error, right? Yeah. I, I found that the deeper podcasts that we've done, the deeper shows have been because of this strategy. And it was probably more subconscious than conscious. You know, I didn't wake up one day or come up to a show and say, you know what, today is the day that I'm going to try X. It was just 
And it could have been a mistake. I could have been like, I didn't have anything to say. And <laughs> I was, my tongue was tied. And then the guest continued. And so it could, who knows? It was a little bit of a random walk, but yeah. I'm now seeing it repetitively that the more I pay attention to the nuances of what they're saying. And then again, just giving that sort of pregnant pause allows the guest to kind of go in the direction they want to go or go in the, like I was telling a, a guest last week, like all I have to do is really wind you up with a good loaded question and then you go and I'm going to try to keep you in the guardrails. But at the end of the day, it's not about me as the host. It's about you and telling your story and, and your message. Um, granted, sometimes they get long-winded, right? And you've got to pull them back or just change the topic. You know, one of the questions I love hearing you ask is like, what should, let's change the topic. What's your favorite ice cream? And it's just, it <laughs> you heard me ask that the other day, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was one of those things where on that show, I just thought, huh, I'm not sure if I'm connecting. I'm not sure if I'm connecting. And something inside me said, you know what? I feel compelled to ask you this question. And, and I don't know if you remember the answer. I had, I shared the exact same ice cream favorite as, as the guest. And I was like, Oh, okay. Now we can connect. We're con instantly connected. Let's move on. You know, it was, but it was, sometimes you just need to, to go with it. That's awesome. Yeah. In fact, I was recording a show, I think it was earlier this week and we're kind of getting into that dead space. And I'm like, is this the time for the ice cream question? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily awesome. it, it went to a different direction, but now it's in my arsenal. So thank you for that. You know, and that, that's gotta be something as I think about writing a book on, you know, interview podcasting. I just, I pictured a little call out on the right with a little ice cream cone say, when in doubt, ask your ice cream flavor. Uh, man, well, I wanted to, there's so many things when, when you were bringing up this strategy, I, I, I heard temptation, I heard silence, I heard hard, unsaid words. What is it about, I mean, so, sort of natural humans, or especially if you're hosting a podcast that makes you want to talk and interject? What is that thing? And then how, how do you silence it? How do you put that in check? Well, I think the, the, the human element of it is, especially as an entrepreneur, right? We want to get to the finish line faster, <laughs> better, quicker. And so if I can anticipate what you're going to say and the conclusion that you're going to come to, well, then let me just say it for you, right? I just want to put the words in your yeah. mouth and get it over with so we can move on, on to the next one. Do you get in trouble with that anywhere else in your life? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm also, you know, a father of two girls and, and married to a, 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 a powerful woman. And so I think I've been embedded, embedded with listening and having some patience and letting them finish their conversation before I chime in with the answer. Um but yeah, you know, it's a skill that's sort of built over time. It's part of my leadership profile for sure. Um, yeah. It, but it's hard, right? There's that temptation. It, yeah. I, I, one of the things, I don't know if I mentioned this in, in your introduction, but I was going to say you're, you're a very humble guy and you're always trying to learn things, which is funny because you know so many things already, uh, but you're, you're constantly learning. But at the same time, there's a humility about you. I don't know if you even, you even see that and I wonder if that is one of your secret recipes for just not interjecting. I feel like there's a Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss interview where the guy was like, just shut the hell up. Like ask a question and shut the hell up. It's not about you. You even said that it's not about you. So there's some kind of humility that podcasters need to have. Does that, does that sound right to you? 
It does. It does. And my humility um, really ties into, I just feel that I'm very fortunate to have the skills and the ability to do this, this type of stuff, right. To be able to communicate with my friends, to get in my car, to go have dinner with my wife or just being part of life. Like I've got a real humble approach to that. And a lot of that, you know, my older brother's mentally handicapped and he was born that way. And the fact that he can live a life of joy and he can't write and he can't drive a car and he can't do all these things, but he lives this wholehearted, joyful life. And I'm like, well, shame on me. If I can't live a similar lifestyle and approach with all these things and all these things I'm fortunate about, then, you know, it kind of just sets up my approach to every day and, and how I live my life. And so to your point, um, I do f- believe I am a humble person for many different reasons, but I think that value does come out through the podcast where, where it's not about me leading somebody through their journey. It's truly, again, right. Let's ask them some loaded questions, wind them up and let them take their journey. And again, if guardrails need to be raised or the ice cream question needs to come out, that's, that's my role. It's really, you know, you're, you're kind of guiding the ship, making sure it doesn't hit the iceberg, but you're not, you know, pointing which direction it's going to go. Right. And you, you're letting them power themselves. I love that wind you up and, and let you go. And you're just guarding the periphery, keep them on, on track, make sure they're still talking about the thing that, that everyone else is here to listen to. That's uh, right. But yeah. How, how do you like to wind people up? What, what, what winds up a guest in your mind? Yeah. So, you know, the majority of my guests have been entrepreneurs to date and many of them believe that they're also good leaders. And so my podcast is around leadership, right? And so I feel like my guests believe, and the most of them do, that they are knowledgeable in leadership and how they build their teams and lead their families and lead their self. And so it's truly an easy topic for them to get into, Um, Because they live it every day, right? They've got a business, they've got a team, they've got themselves. And so we spend a lot of time on that. And so it's, again, back to the winding up, it's pretty easy to get them going around leadership. And then second to that, you ask them about themselves, right? What gets them excited, where their passion is, tell me about your future, you know, where did you grow up? And at that point, you can almost see their personalities change on the show. It's much more comfortable, they're getting a little bit deeper. Um, and so to your point and your question, it's it's around the topic of the podcast, I think, allows them to get wound up. And it's also my curiosity in who they are, what they do, what was their journey, what has been their journey, and where do they think they're going? Yeah. The topic plus the curiosity. That's a killer mm-hmm. formula. Love that. Are they talking about the right thing that gets them? that they can just talk about. Yeah, there's nothing worse than talking about a topic that you have about <laughs> three sentences worth of data points on. And then the rest of it, you're like, I think the whole world's going to call me on my bullshit. I don't have anything else to say on this topic. <laughs> you know. And that's where you get those one, those one or two sentence answers. There's nothing worse than, than trying to... I don't know if you've been in the situation where you're trying to extract some answers out of someone, but they just keep giving you these short answers. You know, I just mm-hmm. feels like a, it's like speed bumps on a road telling you you're, you're off topic. You're, you're not in their wheelhouse. They're not comfortable. That's right. That's a, and it, it does happen. 
and you see it coming, right? You know, you ask that first question and they get about 10 words into their answer and you're like, oh my God, they're coming to a conclusion <laughs> and I've got <laughs> 40 more minutes to fill. Like where, yeah. how am I going to rescue this? Yeah. And what can be worse is, is when they don't have anything else to say, instead of stop talking, they keep talking. <laughs> and then you got to interrupt them to get them back on the track. <laughs> um, how do you, how do you keep your curiosity as a part of the formula? You're keeping the topic on something that they want to hear about. How do you ensure that you're curious about what they're going to answer? So I have a, a huge interest in leadership and leadership styles and learning and tools. And, you know, you know, as I'm very curious of what they're going to say. I'm curious of where they learn uh, about leadership or how they develop others. And so you get back to, back to your point, like the topic is, is compelling to me for sure. Um, I also love hearing people's stories, right? I just want to know, like we all have get, gotten to today on different paths. You know, one of the things I like to say is like, my life is very much a random walk, but when I look back, it's a straight fucking line. Like mm. I am here for this reason. And all these things that happened to me or to me or around me were on purpose. And so again, as I look back, it's a straight line. And as I, my guests look back, they find similar things. Like all the, when you, you're in the moment of taking that first job or getting the newspaper route or something, it all led to why you're sitting here on this podcast at this time. And that's really curious to me. Yeah. All, somehow it all led to this very moment talking about podcasting right. on a podcast. Uh, yeah. It, it's wild to think about. So it sounds like this, not only is it a topic that lights your guest up, but it's a topic that you could listen to all day. And now maybe not listen to, but listen to and inquire. Like you're probably, you're dying inside waiting to ask that next question. And how do you keep track? And how, do you have any go-to tips for folks on having that follow-up question? Because I know sometimes there's anxiety about, oh God, what do I ask next? So for me, I, I come into the recording with probably three or four questions sort of preloaded, right? It's, yeah. it's the first one about um, misconceptions and leadership. And then there's questions about their background and then I can take it in multiple different ways. And so if needed, I've, I've always got the Hail Mary and the Hail Mary and yours is the ice cream question, right? And mine is going to be, Hey, Casey, you know what looking, you know, you're five years from now, look back and tell me what happened. Like what, what did you do this next five years? And you'd be like, Love you that. know what, Greg, I had this podcast guest and he was talking about podcasting on a podcast <laughs> and we just crushed it. Right. It's totally. those types of things. And so again, to your question, it's, it's being prepared with a handful of preloaded questions, you know, the Hail Marys. And then back to active listening is picking up on something they said. And maybe they like, for example, one of my guests this week was talking about the Boy Scouts and how he's involved with his sons and the Boy Scouts. And so that led into a question of like, Hey, you know what? Your involvement in Boy Scouts, talk to me about leadership traits and young people. And when do they develop and how do you help them develop their leadership traits when they're 9, 10, 11, 12? And when do, when do you see it blossom? 
And that was a question that I had no idea that I was ever going to be asking. And he, you know, gave an awesome response and you should listen to that podcast if you want to hear it. I was going to say, I'm intrigued. So we're going to have to link to that in the show notes because what a great question. And I'm sure you're fascinated. Like I never thought that'd be a great topic. I'd love to explore around leadership. When does that start emerging? Yeah. And he's and he went even further. So he, and he bullet pointed out these traits about building leaders and the light bulb went on for me. I'm like, you don't hear people standing on a TED stage talking about building leaders, especially in young adults or young kids. I'm like, here's my TED talk, right? I could use these three bullets that he just shared with me as a keynote that has been fostered and created out of a podcast question that came out of left field. And so back to your point, right? It's it's picking up on those things, you know, maybe they drop a couple of times that they're an angel investor. Hey, well, you, you've mentioned three times that you do angel investment. What kind of deals are you looking for? And then, the, you know, you're kind of going down those roads. Got it. So it was like, it was like a adjacent topic, scouting, right? It was a, we're talking about leadership, but all of a sudden, you know, scouts, youth, you know, development comes in and you just, your brain makes this connection, this mad connection. And you're like, oh man, I, I want more. And then curiosity is just on fire. That's right. That's right. So good. So you started getting into that, the idea of how you prepare. I'd love to get a bit of a timeline. Talk to me about you're going to prepare for a show. You've got some milestone questions. How much do you, do you look up the guest? Do you, I know you do a prep call. Tell me about your process for preparation. Yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because over the year, and I hope none of my guests are listening to this. <laughs> but over the year, <laughs> nobody's listening. Just you and me, right? Around this right. Yeah. The prep becomes a little shorter and shorter, right? And so, you know, the notes that I've written, their backgrounds. Clearly, I don't do an introduction like you just did, so I got to work on that. But that's okay. Um, some guests, it's let's just fire up the document and read it. And it, I'm getting better at it, right? It's still an art. Um, but generally speaking, you mentioned we do a pre-call and that's about 10, 15 minutes. And my goal there is to define the audience, make sure they're comfortable on camera, their sound sounds okay. And then preload them with the first question. Like I want to come out of the gates firing on all cylinders. And here's how the audience loves to listen to the answer. And some of them start answering the question then. I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to hear it because I just want to react to it. And others are, hey, can you send me the question? And I'm going to send you an email back. With it. Like, no, no, no. Like, this is all just conversational. We're just going to, you know, wind you up and let you go. Um, you know, all that said, I I am very curious about. And many of my guests I know, you know, have personal relationships with, and so there isn't hasn't been a need for sort of the deep dive prep work, like trolling them on LinkedIn and looking up their social media. That said, for the ones that I don't know as well, I do do some of that for sure. Can you feel the difference? And what what sort of philosophizes me for a second? The difference between a guest that you know you have a relationship with and one that you don't. That's a great question. You know, I I think at the beginning of the call, well, I guess that's where the prep call really helps break the ice, right? So if I don't yeah. know a guest. The prep call allows me to get to know a little bit more about them, ask about their personal journey, figure out where the connections are, talk about our family, like talk about things that are just more about human connection. And so when we actually get to the podcast, there's some familiarity. So without, if I didn't have the prep call and I was going in 
hot to somebody I had no idea who they are, I I would suspect I'd be nervous and antsy and kind of awkward. So again, the prep call really helps bridge that gap where it's, hey, let's just have some human connection and talk. I'm going to load you up and tell you why. Tell you why I'm doing this, right? Like I don't talk about that on my podcast, but I do on my pre-call. I'm like, look, I want to do this because I want to get better at podcasting and being in front of a guest and thinking on my feet and asking good questions. And so there's a real learning goal for me in doing this and sharing that with why that's part of my why. Um, it just allows for a, a, a better connection when it comes to showtime. You know, we got that Simon Sinek book, right? To start with why and and we're always thinking about our why in business. It really kind of got me thinking for a second and love the idea that you're sharing your why with your guests on the prep so that they know why you've brought them there, you know? Uh, and I, I had a conversation, a prep call yesterday with someone who was, he was like waiting for the pitch. He was waiting for the shoe to drop. Like, okay, are you going to sell me something? Is something magic weird going to happen? I'm like, no, I... Yeah, you know, it was. I think it was for this show. And I was like, I, I'm learning about podcasting. I, I, I want to learn from you on this thing. I, and if their pitch is going to happen, it's going to come after beers at a conference and shots till midnight. You know, it's not. It's not going to happen the next five minutes. So relax. You know, but it was good that we broke the ice and talked about, you know, the fact that I had a purpose other than, you know, some sort of trickery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to the great point, Casey. And it's the vulnerability, right? You're showing them that, hey, I don't know. I'm not the number one podcaster in the world with 50 million viewers every week. Right. And that it's your privilege to come to my show. Like, no, the privilege is me being able to host you, right? And this is, yeah, I want to get your message out as my guest and tell your story. And you've got some real good insights for our audience. But a part of this is like, I don't really know what I'm doing, right? I'm I'm learning about this every week and I get better and I get better and I get a little bit better. And so, you know, I kind of feel bad for the first 15 guests I had because I'm sure those shows are terrible compared to the ones that we're doing now. And so it's almost like, can we just go back and redo those? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gone back and listened to those? Not that far back. I haven't lately, but there's... I probably wouldn't be bad. It's probably more of our own critique of ourselves. I mean, it probably wouldn't mm-hmm. be too bad. I do know in the past I've said for sure a lot uh, sure. <laughs> or definitely. <laughs> and then I remember writing it down in my notes, like for sure X through it. Right. And then I say it four more times after I'm like, God, what do I got to do to stop saying that? So yeah, I'm sure, you know, we'd find some, some mistakes there, but you're right. It's like a, it's a growth process and there's something to that vulnerability that yeah. helps connect you with that guest, especially a net new one. And, and the, man, I love the fact you said the privilege is 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 mine. I, I, I'm so thankful that you're here. You know, it's not I'm not doing you a favor. You know, you're doing me a favor. Thank you. And I'm yeah. sure they're going to feel the same way. And there's nothing like mutual gratitude to start a relationship. Totally agree. Yeah, it's funny you brought up those phrases. And once they get into your subconscious, it's hard. I'm like, yeah, don't what's ask yours? that question again. Mine is, hey, can we dig into that a little deeper? <laughs> hey, can we dig in a little bit deeper? I'm like, I just said that 15 times this week to four, four different guests. But anyway. How have, you, how have you been doing getting rid of that? I, I can't. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so natural. <laughs> uh, hey, well, hey, let's dig into that a little bit deeper. <laughs> right. And you start thinking about saying it. It's even worse. And it's like... 
they're making some great point about leadership. And all I'm thinking, like, don't ask them to go a little bit deeper. <laughs> yeah, crazy. I, you know, I once, uh, I think it was Carrie um, in the EO you know, Boston chapter, Carrie, um, and she was mentioning fill that, that don't, don't try to replace it or don't try to get rid of it, fill it with silence. Right. So mm-hmm. mentally, instead of saying delete, you're saying just find all, replace all with, I'm going to pause now. And then for me, it'll feel painful, but for everyone else, it'll feel, I don't know. I'm still working on it myself. <laughs> That's a learning process for sure. It is a learning process. It, it, it helps having feedback, feedback and, and coaching. Um, have you had people reach out to you? I mean, have you had commentary from audience? I have, uh, not from audience, but from guests, uh, from guests. and um, a handful of, of my guests are almost professional podcast guests, right? They're keynote speakers. They tour the globe. They do whichever. Wow. And I've gotten some feedback from uh, John Spence was one and he's a, a mastermind on leadership and strategy. And he said, Greg, you know, you really, you, you give me the space to talk and you listen to what I'm saying you know, back to your point that you made earlier about silence. And he goes, many podcast hosts that I've been on, they kind of just want to drive their message and drive me into place. And you really step back and let the show and let me articulate my message the way I want it to be articulated. And that's a rare feat. I'm like, I just kind of do it naturally, but thank you. Um, so yeah, that's been one of the feedbacks I've gotten a couple of times from, again, folks that have been on multiple podcasts or are on every week, they kind of pick up on those things. In fact, my guests from last week, the Narcos uh, FBI agents, they had something similar. And that was the first time that I had two people on a podcast. So it was interesting in that aspect. But back to your the conversation around prep calls, Steve Murphy during our prep call, he goes, Greg, please make sure you address us by name, either me by Steve or Javier by JP, so that we don't just start talking over each other. And I thought that was a masterful piece of intel. So I was like, hey, Steve, such and such and such and such. And JP, how do you react to Steve's comment about, and it became this sort of tennis match, um, but it went off well. It wasn't two guests over talking each other and me trying to chime in. And next thing you know, it's like, what are we listening to? So that was a real valuable tidbit I picked up from that pre-call. Is using their names mm. and addressing right. it. It can be hard, right? To to have two or more people. So using names, any other things you found? I mean, did you have them both on a prep call? I did. Wow. And, they and both the same. That. Yeah. Yeah. I think they, you know, their keynotes that they do, they're very much in tandem. So they're a team. So an EODC had them probably a year and a half ago and they did an amazing job talking about how they took down Escobar and the strategies and the Netflix call and this, this, and this. And so they work off of each other really well. But back to your question on the prep call, both of them were there sort of in the same setting that we were going to record out of. Um, But yeah, that was, again, that was the, the huge takeaway. It's like, okay, let me address them by their name. So they know who should answer the question. Yeah, it's it's definitely different, right? I mean, sometimes people will say, "Hey, I want to do you know interview these two people," and typically I'll say, you know, try to get them individually because it just it changes the dynamic. I mean, I would say, especially for people that aren't partners, like these guys have been through the shit together, Mm. so I can see them 
working beautifully. And I, I actually can't wait to listen to that episode. Uh, but for sort of the untrained person, it could be crazy. So it, it, it's certainly a wild, wild ride. Have you ever had like three people on at one time? I haven't. This was the first, <laughs> uh, first with two. Yeah. And to your point, it'd be interesting to do. In fact, I had a podcast guest. He's an EODC member. And he's like, Greg, you know what? We should do this again with like three or four of us. And we're just, we're doing shots and we're talking about leadership. And every two minutes we all do a shot and we go for 30 minutes and see how the conversation changes. That would be an interesting podcast to manage. Well, you know, you keep doing that for a couple of years and you end up Joe Rogan, right? So that's right. That's right. <laughs> so you can't, you can't knock that model. It, it apparently it works at some point. Um, not right away though. <laughs> um, well, you, one of the other things relating to, you brought up these like killer, killer guests, uh, Quick tangent, how accurate was Netflix? Did they answer that? They did. Um, I mean, obviously, the overall story was accurate, right. but how they portrayed the individuals was Hollywood fabrication. Okay. Right. So, Javier, who is on Netflix, got this womanizing, yeah, you know, late night party sort of persona that's completely not who he is um <laughs> and they funny they did mention on the show they're like yeah when we read the script the first time they're like no we're not doing this this is terrible like we are not these people this poetic license has gone way too far and then working through the agent and some script edits uh they've kind of got to them where they are and then of course when the contract comes and the check arrives it's like okay i don't <laughs> tell that story <laughs> Right, man. Uh, and if and if what we saw on Netflix was a pared back version, I can't even imagine what they initially read. It must have been right. wild. Uh, but this, thanks for think, you know the. If you want to hear more, click through to the episode. Uh, That's right to hear this interview. And so we'll we'll link to that episode as well. We're right. link to all your episodes on the show. I think is what we're going to do. Um, but but the question that ties into talking to the real life heroes that took down Pablo. Did you ever get either with these guys or you've had heavy hitters? Have you ever gotten that starstruck feeling? Have you ever gotten that feeling where you're like, holy shit, I'm talking to X, Y, Z. I have for certain. And especially earlier on, you know, Warren Rustand was one of my early mm. podcast guests and I follow his leadership and his, his 10, 10, 10 in the morning. And a lot of the ways he lives his life, I try to emulate um, and to your point, it was, wow, like I'm having this hour conversation. So what if the record button's on, but it's true. Like back to the learning and my curiosity, it was more of, you know, my mentor giving me 30, an hour of his time and talking about things that I'm trying to implement in my life. Um, wow. but I was super starstruck there. John Spence was another one that I was starstruck, um, the FBI, I've met those guys before because they came into the chapter. So I wasn't as star struck with them. Yeah. But it, it certainly happens. And then talk to me about how you, because Jen you're Mazer, sorry, Jen Mazer is another one. She's the oh, manifestation Jen. queen. Oh, and, wow. and you know, because you, you see their following, right? You go into Instagram and they've got 1.7 million followers. And it's like, Gosh. Oh my God, this could get pushed out to their audience. <laughs> like, yeah. I better 
right? And so then it, it, you kind of, you put the pressure on yourself. Well, talk to me about that. Like, do you have any, I mean, describe the feeling, describe how, somehow you made it through because I've heard real, I actually want to go check out that Rustan because he is uh, a beast. I got to, I got to check that out. I've heard really good things about these interviews. I haven't heard, oh my gosh, did you guys, did you guys hear Greg on that show? No. So talk to me about how, how did you survive? How did you pull off such a great interview with your mentors and your, your superstars? Yeah, it's funny, Casey. Um, and this probably happens every show for me. Like the 15 minutes before the show starts, I'm sitting there going, do I really want to do this? Do I have the time? Is it going to be good? Am I really qualified? Like all that self-doubt rolls into your head. But the minute we connect over Zoom and we hit, we do the intro, hit record, and it just gets rolling, it gets into the flow. And, it, and I relate it to, you know, you mentioned in my intro, I've done these Ironman races. Yeah. It's very much like the Ironman race in the, in the way that, you know, you, you do all this training and prep, but when you get to the starting line, you don't really know if you got it in you that day. <laughs> and all you can do is get in the water and start swimming. And you know that things are going to come out that you don't anticipate. You're going to get a flat tire. You might sprain your ankle. You might, you know, the swim currents could throw you off. The water's too cold. You're starting to feel, there's going to be something that's going to derail your day or change mm -hmm. it, but you just got to keep going. And for me on those races, and it's similar to hosting a podcast, you really start breaking it down into small increments, right? So it's like, what am I going to do for the next 10 minutes? What's the conversation about? And then the next 10 minutes, we're going to talk about something different. And if you can bite-size it down into subsections, it's very much like goal setting, right? It's easier to stomach and not get started. So again, back to Warren, right? It was We had the first question, and I also knew that... I could wind him up and he could talk for an hour without me interjecting. It'd be a great show. Like I could have yeah. just turned the video off and been done. Um, <laughs> All right. I'll see you later, Warren. I'll be back right. in an hour. <laughs> right. Send me an email when you're finished. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so again, back to the point, the point being like, you, you just got to break it down into these smaller chunks and it's, and most importantly, just get started, like get, get rolling. Because again, something's going to happen. You're going to get knocked off your feet. Who knows? But if you don't get the ball rolling, you don't get out of the gates. You don't get off the starting line. You're never going to. You're never going to finish it. And so, How, I mean, this is some of the, the best advice on, you know, working with with people like that ever. And I'm sure the you know these people people have been super gracious with you too. So it's mm -hmm. it, some of it's in our head, right? Yeah, they're actually fantastic and amazing. They're not going to bite our heads off if we ask a dumb question. Right. Right. And to the point we made earlier, they know it's a learning goal for me. Like this is, I'm not coming right. into this saying, Hey, you're going to join the best podcast ever. It's, Hey, I might not do this well, but I'm trying. And I guarantee you because of your participation, I'm going to get a little bit better. And so thank you for that. And on and on and on. And so they know it's part of my journey. And so it will be interesting as the show grows and I, my guests become more independent, I mean, I don't have a relationship with them. Do you have that leeway, that forgivability of, you know what? Yeah, that was a dumb question Greg asked, but he's still figuring this thing out. Does that go away when you are talking to Tim Ferriss or whoever, Joe Reagan? Yeah, it's a good question, right? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, 
I wonder, I probably doesn't if you have that same humility about you. I, I love mm-hmm. the fact that it's almost like you recruited them into your success as opposed to you uh, daring them to find a, like a hole in the armor, right? Mm, Instead of being yeah. like, I'm the best, find the imperfection. You're like, I'm imperfect, find, find the goodness. And then they just can, man, it gives them a chance to contribute, right? Have a little bit of a contribution value above and beyond themselves, which probably just makes for a great show where they felt like they made a difference. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You, you know, you, you embrace the suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't be great at everything. Uh, this might be something I'm going to suck at, but come along my journey anyway. I think there's something authentic about that too, though, right? You're, you're saying, Hey, this is me. This is the real me. And I'm real. Me is actually really curious about what you have to say. There's something relieving about that. It's not your two minute quick talk on a, on a cable news TV show. It's That's like, right. it's like a real in-depth discussion. Amazing. Well, uh, man, we've covered so much. Uh, one of the things around getting started was sort of encouraging people getting started with, with the superstars. What about those who have had podcasts on their list? They've pondered it for their business. They've pondered it for their brand and they've heard good stories. It's been on their bucket list. Maybe it's on their 2022, 23 list, and they just haven't yet pulled the trigger. What kind of advice or what kind of experience share would you have for them? Certainly. Um, and I've had that conversation off. In fact, the gentleman that was talking about the Boy Scouts talked about, oh yeah, you know, I'm doing this blogging and I kind of get to it every once in a while. And I love this content. And I thought about a podcast and it all boils down to the team that you have behind you supporting the work, right? If it was on me, to find the guests, to do the prep call organizing, to get this, all that, to push it out on social media, to do like, if it was all those were my to-dos, this, my podcast would not be alive, right? Because it's just some weeks, it's hard enough just getting onto the recording for the hour and knocking that out. So, you know, Casey, you and your team have really like narrowed down the to-do for me. And it's very professionally done on the back end for sure. But without that, I I don't think it would get my show wouldn't get done, and I and I think that's the the reason others talk about it but don't get it done because it becomes another project, it becomes another thing to do. It's like, you know, do I should I clean up my closet or do I just close the door? And ah, let's just close the door because, you know. And so that's been the biggest hurdle for my guests who have wanted to do their own podcasts. It's they run out of time, they run out of content, they run out of energy. Um, say that differently, they haven't found a team or even a person to help them sort of just get across the finish line. So that all you really have to do is the show, right? Right. I do prep calls, I do show, I do some check-ins. Um, but all the nitty-gritty that I'm not an expert in, it's not my happy space. Uh I would just grind to a halt trying to get that stuff done and be like you know what's my apple uh, login id like what is this and you know, what's spotify and i just wouldn't the the rat holes are too many i would end up you know spending days and days and days doing something that my team takes 10 minutes to do yeah and it's you know 
if it's not your thing, then it can just suck all that energy out of you. And even like editing video, as easy as editors make it, can be a black hole where you you go into this cave and you come out six hours later. And it's like, what did I just do? And meanwhile, to your point, you've got a bunch of other to do's. So I, I totally makes sense why people can get jammed up thinking like, I already have enough on my plate, you know? Um, fitting time in there, if you have the right team, it makes a lot of sense. I appreciate it, by the way. I appreciate those words on the team. Uh, mm-hmm. I know they appreciate it too. Um, because you know, listening to your show is like a real pleasure. We, we hear you evolving and we hear you you know, using the kind of methods we've learned the hard way. And it's great. It's great to, you know, to work with you in that, in that same regard. I, I love the shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. Right. Why, why should I repeat it? If you guys have already done this and unless you had no need go. to reinvent that thing all over again, right? right. Just, just roll with it. Uh, well, you know, and that being said, I, I'd love to throw out this next question to you. The future, right? So if you think about your show, 50 episodes you know about a year worth of of you know weekly shows what it what does it look like we talk we talk again and we're not gonna i'm not gonna ignore you for the next 50 episodes but (laughs) we talk again on this show or something like this and 50 episodes from now um Mm. what does your show look like and i know there might be multiple shows but but in your mind what would you love to see 50 episodes from now so 50 episodes from now, the show, this show, um, it, clearly the goal is to have a bigger following, right? And I want it to have influence. Like I wanted to see other people talking about what they heard on the show. And that comes along with, you know, more celebrity like guests, you know, people with larger Instagram followers, people that are truly you know, best-selling authors on leadership, you know, those types of guests. Um, and so then when people are almost are listening to this on a regular basis and getting something out of it, like, you know what, on the impactful leadership show, Greg and person X were talking about, you know, building leaders. And these are the two things I took from that podcast and they're blogging it. So it's almost the message is being communicated again, without any effort from, my team, my content writers, my social media person, you name it. So, so there's real traction. There's secondary and third, whatever, third area, that's not the word, but uh, traction from the content. I also think and have the goal of much of the content over the hundred episodes is then compiled into a book or on, I've got this topic around endurance leadership that I'm passionate about, but I can't really define yet. Uh, I could see TED Talks, right? I could see keynotes. Um, you know, I've been very much a finance guy kind of up until, you know, and, and running and leading businesses and teams for sure. But I don't, haven't really talked about leadership until this podcast was put in my life. And now it's sort of changing my profile. And I, that's an easier profile to grow than the guy that can do debits and credits and find you ERTC money, right? I mean, that sure. pays the bills, but from a pro from a you know brand i want to these next these next 50 shows i see my brand elevating to where people are really listening because they know something good's coming versus listening just to be curious of who's on the show or who the guest is or what greg's talking about 
Yeah. Because they need it because they have a pain, right? They, mm. or, or they have a desire to grow or they've got, they know they need to learn more. And something about, you know, when you first mentioned endurance to me, tying that into leadership, it's a no brainer because how often are we in those situations where we're just like, oh, can I, can I even do this? That's right. Yeah. You know, which um, ties in beautifully to, to endurance racing, but also just the grind of a business. And so I, I love that combination. And I think it's okay that you don't even necessarily have it fully mapped out because I think that's where the conversations will help you solidify that. That's right. In fact, I was having a conversation yesterday with a woman who's um, kind of prioritizing her business, right? She does several million dollars of the revenue now, struggling with the bottom line. And she's like, you know what? I could whittle this down to like a million bucks and have a lifestyle and a bottom line that's super strong. Like, why wouldn't I do that? And that was the conversation. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Like, yeah, you've, you've done the Ironman and it's very, very painful and you keep doing them. But you know what? If you did like a 10K and you excelled at that and it made you happy, why are we always trying to, you don't always have to do the next biggest thing because the guy or the girl next to you is trying to do it as well. And so it's like really coming back to ground. And I think this is going to be a topic for us entrepreneurs really for the next two or three years, like coming out of the pandemic, like let's refocus on what we're great at and just do that and enjoy it versus the the burnout and the pain and the suffering we've been going through, trying to keep these employees employed and going through the pandemic and who's going to, what's going to happen next. Like, you know, time, let's just refocus. Yeah. I'm with you, man. Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that podcasting for me was that thing where it's like, mm-hmm. but, you know, I can do email marketing for only so long until it's like, wow. I mean, it's cool, but man, it's podcasting so much more fun and it kind of, you know, lights me up. So just yeah. like a guest, if you were to ask me, oh, tell me about email marketing. Okay. I can, <laughs> I can tell you all about it. All right. Tell me about podcasting. All right. How much time do you have? You know? So <laughs> That, what a what a great message! I, I can totally see you touring at EO chapters and TED talks and um, and retreats and all those kind of things and, and helping guide people through that and helping them. It, what I like about that too is, even though it was endurance as a theme, you weren't saying, "Well, push through it, wimp." You know, <laughs> you're saying, "Well, hold on, <laughs> maybe are you sure you want to do it this way? You could do it. You know, work smarter, not harder, right?" So. Mm. Um, I think someone told me once I learned this the hard way, which is like swimming is like something like 90% technique and like 10% fitness. Like if you do it the right way, you don't get as tired, you know? And I was Mm -hmm. of course doing it the opposite. I was like working 90% and had 10% technique. And I was just like miserable until someone shook me like you're doing to some of these leaders around here. That's right. That's right. Wow. Wow. Um, so cool, man. I can't wait to see that show and talk to you on that show. Uh, and so final question for you, what is that favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> I'm a mint chocolate chip guy. Hands down. All right. right. You and me and Omni, we're all hanging out. Yeah. We're going to have a, and then second have to a that, mint chocolate it's, chip party. coffee, coffee flavor. Coffee. If I can get them together, that's even better, but mint chocolate chip and coffee. Like, yeah, like stacked one, on top of each other. Next of, to each. Really? That that sounds like a cheat code. That sounds <laughs> like I need to try that out. Um, awesome, man. Well, where can people connect with you? You know, throw the show out there, the book, websites, anything that we can promote, and 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 people want to follow up with this and connect with you. 
Yeah. So the, the, the leading spot is LinkedIn. So, you know, it's Gregory McDonough uh, on LinkedIn. My email is gmcdonough at blackburncap.com. Uh, the Impactful Leadership Show is the up and coming, thriving podcast out there approaching its first anniversary. Uh, you can find my book, The Turnaround on Amazon. Um, my wife and I have been blogging. It's kind of stale now, but we do, we've got a triathlonparents.com blog where we talk about how do you get to the starting line of these endurance races while having two jobs and a dog and two kids. And um, it's fun. So there's a lot of content out there, but I'd, I'd love to chat with anyone who's willing to chat with me. Or if you want to be a guest on my show, please reach out. Love it. And at some point, are you able to help me figure out how to make swimming not so boring? Yes. <laughs> it's hard. Swimming. I, <laughs> I'm a back, I, my background's in swimming. And so I don't sweat that in okay. the training as much. Um, <laughs> but for those who it's not natural, it's, I mean, just banging between the wall, like my longest swim, I used to do long distance swimming and I, I finished a 7.5 mile swim across the Chesapeake Bay, wow. sorry, Potomac river. And that was like four and a half hours of just like banging against the current and it, the race sounds terrible. The training's even worse. Cause you've got to do like two hours of nonstop swimming on a 25 meter pool. And it's like flip turn after flip turn after flip turn. Yeah. So and you can't yeah. really zone out because if you do, you're going to hit the wall. That's right. You know? So it's like, I can like lose myself in my own thoughts because I have a wall coming up. Right. I guess the whole point is then buy one of those pools that, you know, has jets in it that just, Let's yeah, that or music, but I, I can't get into the music either. Like they got the underwater. Do those work? And... Those like earbuds that get you music mm -hmm. while you're swimming? Those work? Yeah. All right. I might lose myself in the music and then bonk, there goes the right. wall again. So I don't know. <laughs> Dude, Craig, you are an absolute like legend. Thank you so much for being on here, sharing these with thoughts with me and philosophizing and podcasting. I can't wait to see the next 50 episodes of your show. And I just really appreciate you being on here. It's been an honor, Casey. Thank you so much. And for those listening, if you've learned something, and I freaking know you have, because I literally have two pages of notes front and back over here. And I always share these, Greg, because people don't believe me if I don't. Um, I've run out of space. I'm in the margins. And I did draw an ice cream cone too over here. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you've learned something from this, this hour, then share this episode with one other person. Two people, nine, 3,000, whatever the number, that's thought leadership. Get good information into other people's hands. Maybe it's your favorite podcaster. Or if you're a podcaster, see if you can't implement some of the things Greg's talking about. The prep call, um, warding off the starstruck, having just a little vulnerability with your guest so that they're involved in your success. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Greg, thank you again. It's an honor. Thank you. All right, guys. This has been a crazy cool episode of Creating the Greatest Show. We will catch you all next time. And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com. For more information on launching your own podcast or working with us to produce your existing show, come on down to the big tent at ringmaster.com. Until then, friends, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Work at it, if necessary, early and late, in season and out of season, not leaving a stone unturned and never deferring for a single hour. That which can be done just as well now. P.T. Barnum. <laughs>